You're listening to the Straight Up Saints Podcast. What is up, Pooh Nation? Welcome back inside another edition of the Straight Up Saints Podcast presented by Boot Crew Media and Makers Mark. And before I kind of get into the, I would say, the heavy part of this episode, which is going to be about Teron Armstead, who just signed a five-year contract with the Miami Dolphins. We're going to talk about what this means for the New Orleans Saints, thoughts on, on the loss that this could have, and whether or not it was the right move or smart move to let Teron Armstead go. I just want to say my thoughts are with everyone that was in New Orleans on Tuesday night. I saw there were some horrifying videos of tornado going through. Uh, not entirely sure who was affected, but if you were affected by it or you know someone who was affected by it, my thoughts are with you. Obviously, that that is something that is just horrifying to look at, even from someone uh, you know far away from it. It's still really just you know it kind of hurts your stomach just watching. It. So my thoughts are with you guys at this time. Now, right before this kind of started happening and this you know these videos were circulating in the tornado, I saw it gets reported that Teron Armstead is going to the Miami Dolphins. It's a five year, seventy five million dollar deal. And, you know, when you see those numbers, you think, man, that that's actually kind of cheap for a guy like Teron Armstead. But it is worth noting if he hits his incentives, it turns into a five year, eighty seven point five million dollar deal. A little bit more expensive. Still, weirdly enough, not as much as I thought he might get. I actually thought he was going to push 20 million per year. Looks like he's going to get closer to pushing 18 mil per year. But that's if he hits all his incentives. If not, it's more of a 15 million dollar deal. Um, per year on that average salary. So, you know, on the surface, it seems like a really, really sad day for Saints fans. Teron Armstead's a player who, from the jump, he was just really easy to like. You know, he comes in as a mid-round pick, a guy that, let's be real, uh, before the Saints drafted him, a lot of people probably were like, hey, I've never heard of his school. He was from uh, Arkansas Pine Bluff. And, you know, even then, when I remember when he had that 40 time, people were talking about him, small school prospect as people have gotten that label in the past. And he goes out there and he just dominates the, the 40 yard dash with like an official four, seven, one, which for a left tackle, that is ridiculous. I've seen some power backs run a four, seven, one. So think about the left tackle with that size, six foot five, 300 plus pounds to do that. And he goes from a mid round pick to kind of a perennial pro bowler, a guy who's made the all pro team before and one of the better left tackles in the business. I think that it would be an understatement to say anything less than that. And I probably sold him short by not mentioning how great he is to this team. And when it first happened, initial reaction is like, damn, you lose Toronto Armstead. That, that really sucks. It, it hurts to lose a player of that caliber. And then on the other hand, you think about the type of person he is, how many good years he might le have left. And you think, you know what, man, I'm super happy that he got paid because he does deserve it. And I think there is still good football that's left to be played for Teron Armstead. The big question is going to be how many games is he going to play? But I tweeted this and I strongly feel this way. I think the three words I'm going to describe him as a star a leader and a warrior, because the first, you know, I would say rebuttal to this. It's okay that the saints got rid of, or, you know, let Teron Armstead walk. The first response that people say was, yeah, he's not durable. He misses a lot of games and he has missed a lot of time. I think it would be just naive to deny that, but you have to just think about also the amount of time that he didn't miss because he fought through injuries, which he's done so many times, just time and time again. So, uh, you know, I think very highly of Teron Armstead. I think he's the type of player that a team like the Miami Dolphins are just kind of going through. I wouldn't necessarily say a, a rebuild, but almost like a soft retool and trying to get leaders in that building. 
you can't do it better than that. And he's going to go to a scheme with Mike McDaniel that's all about running the football, getting out there with those zone schemes, which we kind of seen with, with Kyle Shanahan. And I think that Armstead's an excellent fit as long as he can stay on the field. So I'm happy for him. And I, I kind of expected this. This was the news that we were expecting. When you don't get to Sean Watson and you hear that Armstead was linked to Watson, you kind of have to brace for this type of move. What I will say, though, because I've seen some talk about it and I just it's absolutely false, Teron Armstead isn't playing for the Dolphins because of cap issues for the Saints. If the Saints wanted to splurge on Armstead, they could have done it. They freed up a lot of money. They freed up money to get Armstead. And remember, if you were to sign Armstead, you can adjust his cap numbers, which would probably help you for the 2022 season. So the Saints made a choice here. It wasn't like they couldn't afford Armstead. They chose to let Armstead go. And we'll find out at some point what the answer or the reason for that decision was. But I think there are possible... I would say, motives for doing something like this. And I think the first one could possibly be the age-slash-durability factor. He is 30 years old. He's going to be 31 in July. Maybe the Saints think, hey, he's got another two, maybe three good years left. Do we want to commit for five years? That's a possibility. The durability part comes into it. He missed nine games last season. And again, I'll say it every single time, Toronto Armstead fought through more than we know in terms of just getting back, whether it's a torn pec or a hand injury or a shoulder injury or an arm injury or an ankle injury. I mean, the guy would just fight through injuries nonstop to make sure he can be out there on the field. So I, I give him credit for being a warrior. But if you're the Saints, every decision you ever make as a football club is either a football decision or an economic decision. And I think when it comes down to this, there is the financial aspect of how much do you want to commit to a player that is older and does miss time. And you also have to put into uh, consideration the Saints have already invested considerable money in Andrews Pete. I know you just want to slam your, you know, your phone or your computer, wherever you're listening to me right now. I just said the Saints invested a considerable amount of money in Andrews Pete, and you probably want to slam something. And I don't blame you, to be honest. But they do have a lot of money invested in Andrews Pete. They have a lot of money invested in Ryan Ramchek. And I think they soon will have a lot of money invested in Eric McCoy, who I think is one of the better centers in football. And most people agree with that. So I think for the Saints' perspective, if you have you know money invested in three offensive linemen, Maybe you don't want to go with the fourth. And that possibility could be the Saints having options for Armstead in terms of replacing him. I will give the Saints a lot of shit when I think that they don't set up, set themselves up for success post-Drew Brees at the quarterback spot. Or I'll give them trouble for saying, man, sometimes they don't have a plan at wide receiver, which they're kind of proving us all right again, although time will tell if they fix that. The offensive tackle spot, however, I would say is the one spot where I looked at it and I'm like, all right, man, the Saints actually have a pretty okay plan, like a plan that I could sit here today. And although they lost to Ron Armstead, I'm not screaming the sky is falling. I would say that they do have Landon Young, a former six-round pick from last year's draft class who was an all-SEC performer at Kentucky. Can he take those next steps? That is possible. I don't think it's impossible. You know, Landon Young, you think about him as a six-rounder, you probably think that that's just a waste of a pick or he's not going to amount to much because he's a six-round pick. Who knows what happens there in those later rounds? He's a guy that balled out at Kentucky. So who's to say that he cannot take those next steps? And I did speak to one of his teammates who's going to be in the draft this year, Luke Fortner, a center from Kentucky. He spoke highly of Landon Young, said he's already gotten some tips as to what to expect at the next level. So who knows? Maybe Landon Young's not the guy, or is the guy, excuse me. But if he's not the guy... Maybe James Hurst is the guy, and that's another option the Saints have given themselves, signing him to a three-year extension last offseason, a guy who has had 20 starts over the last two seasons. Maybe he's the answer. But already off the rip, 
I've given you two players that the Saints have as potential replacements for the 2022 season. Are they going to be as good as Armstead? Hell no. But could they be holdovers? Could they get the job done and be serviceable? I think it's possible. And even let's say they don't like those two options, right? They can always draft one. I know that's going to be the one that makes people roll their eyes, but a Trevor Penning from Northern Iowa, he kind of checks off a lot of boxes for the Saints. Has that tough mentality. Checks off the athletic scores that they love, and you know they love those RAS scores all the time. I mean, they used it for last year's draft basically on every single pick. He checks off a lot of boxes, shined at the Senior Bowl, shined at the NFL Combine, got some work in at his pro day with the Saints offensive line coach, I just think that that's something that it's another possibility that they set themselves up for, which is a good thing. Like, I'm not saying they should draft Trevor Penning from Northern Iowa. I'll just sit here banging the table every single day that I would go wide receiver. If you feel really comfortable and you don't like this quarterback class, yeah, go get wide receiver. Go get your current quarterback another weapon. I think that'd be a good idea. But I'm not going to rule out them possibly drafting Trevor Penning. I think that it is something that we have to consider. That said, there is another scenario, and this might be the most likely one, and maybe the Saints were kind of laying down the groundwork for this. When the Saints signed Ryan Ramchick to his massive contract extension, there was a deal for a one-time $1 million incentive per ESPN's Field Yates that ties to him being named a first- or second-team All-Pro player specifically at left tackle. So his salary in his remaining years would escalate by a $1 million. So about $6 million would be available for him to gain in incentives. That's tied to him playing left tackle. Also remember, Ryan Ramchek, although he's played left tackle for the majority, almost a majority, the uh, majority of his NFL career back at Wisconsin, this is a guy who could and did play left tackle. So I, I think that for the Saints, could you kick Armstead over to the left side? Uh, excuse me, Ramchek over to replace Armstead on the left side? I think that is very possible. I think Ramchek could potentially do that. And when you see an incentive like that in his previous contract, you know he's played left tackle before. I think that could be it. And remember why Ramchek kind of got thrown into the right tackle spot, right? Um, you had Zach Streif go down early. And when Zach Streif went down early, you had no choice but to put Ramchek at right tackle. And maybe the plan from the jump was always going to be him at right tackle anyway because Armstead was just firmly in his prime. But that just kind of expedited the process of him going to right tackle. So... I think that the Saints have an option there with Ramchek to move to left tackle. And if you put Ramchek to left tackle, I think you feel an awfully lot more comfortable at, about James Hurst or Landon Young at right tackle because you just historically speaking, it is easier for, let's say, the right tackle or you feel more comfortable with the right tackler, tackle being the weaker of the two options compared to the guy blocking and protecting the quarterback's blind side. That's just kind of how football's been for, for generations. I don't know if that's ever going to stop anytime soon. So, it could be Landon Young at left tackle. It could be James Hurst at left tackle. It could be Trevor Penning or another offensive tackle the Saints like in this class. Hell, it could be a mid-round guy that they like. They got Armstead in the mid-rounds. Maybe they get another day two guy. Those are possibilities. And there also is the possibility of flipping Ramchek from right tackle to left tackle and getting Hurst or Landon Young at right tackle. At the end of the day, I'm going to give the Saints a lot of crap when I think that they don't have succession plans in place for certain positions. But I do feel like they have a succession plan in for, for this Armstead uh, situation. What I will respond to, which I did see on Twitter a little bit, people talked about how weird the Saints offseason has been. And it's been really freaking weird, man. You have the Sean Payton thing happen. All right, you're replacing with Dennis Allen. And we get sold on this continuity thing. And yet, the two big free agents that they had, both are out. So continuity with the staff, maybe not continuity with the roster. 
that's a, a narrative that's been floating on Twitter. I'm going to be honest. Today, as sad as it is to see it, a leader and a guy like Armstead, who's been a saint for life, to see him go to Miami, it is tough as a fan, just like, it's weird you're going to see him in another uniform. I understand why they did it, though. And I actually think that it probably, in the long run, is as long as Young, Hurst, or whoever they, or if they draft someone to be their other tackle, if they do fine, in the long run, you're going to forget about this move. And you're going to be like, man, they made the smart business decision. The only move this offseason the Saints made that confused the hell out of me was the Marcus Williams thing. Because, you know, I've said it a million times, I think that he's so valuable to Dennis Allen's defense. And I know that the Saints always put a price tag for a player. And if it's above that price tag, they just move down to their next best option. And they've done it so many times. They just did it with Marcus Bay. And I get it on one hand, but on the other hand, man, Marcus Williams is the type of player that I thought he should be here for a while. He should be here for the next three to four years. And I thought the Saints would would really kind of prioritize that. And that's the only move they've made this offseason in terms of the continuity thing that made no sense to me was getting rid of him. What I will throw in, though, is that the Saints have not gotten better this offseason. There's still a lot of time for them to get better. But you now have an all-pro left tackle that's gone. You have an elite safety who I think is kind of growing. Like, I don't think we've seen the best version of Marcus Williams yet. Now he's gone. And you already came into this offseason with questions about the wide receiver group, which there's still a lot of questions. You come in with questions about running back, especially now because it just seems like there's a looming suspension for AK. Now you have questions about your safety spot because is Marcus May going to be healthy? That's one. And B, how is he going to play in Dennis Allen's system? Now, I've told you guys a million times, I really like the Marcus May move in terms of how do you adjust to losing your guy? How quickly do you respond? Saints responded quickly. I gave them a thumbs up for that part. But that's another position. You have the tight end group looking pretty weak. You have the right guard spot with Cesar Ruiz, which he's not going to get replaced, but Man, I, I would think about it if I were the Saints. I, I don't think they will. I think this is going to be kind of Caesar's last stand over here, but it's just not looking great. So I think that there are a lot of holes on the Saints team, and I think losing Armstead kind of just emphasizes one hole at offensive tackle. Losing Marcus Williams doesn't mean there's a hole at safety, but now there's a question mark, and that's another unknown. So I'll say overall, and I'm not here to just be a pessimistic person because I just told you that I, I I get why the Saints let Armstead walk. And I'll say it again. I, I understand why they let him walk. He is older. He has gone with injuries. And they do have a good succession plan in place or options, I will say. And that's the best you can do in the NFL, man. Things change on a dime. You got to leave yourself with options. The Saints have done that. But, I, you know, I looked at this offseason, and I'm just curious. What, what type of team are you trying to feel to? Are you just trying to feel one that's competitive enough in a bad NFC? Because I think you got one. But if you're trying to push and, and and be even better than that in a weak NFC this year, because, man, the NFC is weak this year, then you're not doing it yet. So that that's where I have some pause. Before I do end this, though, I will say, we talked about wide receivers just briefly ago when I was going through the positional needs. And I've made it very clear that I want the Saints to draft a wide receiver, whether it's day one or day two. So many good options out there, and I would love to see them grab one. I tweeted on Tuesday, today is a great day for the Saints to to sign a wide receiver. I think I might make this like a daily thing until they sign one. I know some people are going to be looking at me and going, hey, man, who the hell do you want, right? Because Christian Kirk is off, and DJ Chark is off the market, and Robert Woods got traded to the Titans, so you can't get him, and Allen Robinson signed with the Rams, so you can't have him, and Russell Gage went to the Buccaneers, and there are a lot of good options off the board, and you look at the wide receiver group, you're going to look at it. 
nothing's really going to be appealing to you. But I still think the Saints just got to make a move because I think if you get an MVS, who I think is an intriguing option, or you get an Odell Beckham with, if healthy, provides the most upside, at least it's something. You're selling me on something. I think that's a move that to make. AJ Green, another player, he's aging, but he's a taller, lengthy, lengthier guy who is going to fit that system where Jameis is going to be throwing shots down the field. So you need another big-bodied wide receiver. AJ Green could fit that mold. Although Beckham, he definitely fits that mold. MVS, you want a deep threat, and I think MVS would be the best option out of the three because of the youth and and the fact that I don't know if we've seen the best of MVS yet. You know, I think that'd be intriguing if Odell was healthy, man. First off, I think Odell would have been re-signed by the Rams already, but Odell would be the, the knockaway option. I think I think Odell still is the best option in terms of talent here, but you got to make a move. You know, I, I, some people mentioned Jarvis Landry. I've seen some people mention Cole Beasley. If the Saints sign one of those two, I'm not going to be mad at all because beggars can't be choosers. But I do think with Jameis, you don't really, when you think of Jameis, you think of receivers that do well with him. You don't necessarily think of slot receivers, right? I know Humphreys was okay in Tampa Bay, but I don't. I think of guys like Mike Evans. I think of guys like Chris Godwin. I think of guys like Brashad Perriman. I think of now players like a Michael Thomas who will see how he works with him. So I think players like A.J. Green, I think players like MVS, those fit the mold more. Again, Saints can sign Jarvis Landry or Cole Beasley, and I'd be happy about it because they need receivers, man. They need receivers. But I do think the other three would fit the mold a little bit better. And for those wondering, well, they don't need to sign a receiver. They can get one in the draft. They should be double dipping when it comes to wide receivers. Get one in free agency, get one in the draft, or get two in the draft. You need to get at least two new wide receivers in the building. And I've had this rant a million times, and I guess I'll have it one more time for just for you know for fun. Look at all the good teams in the NFL. They're always adding wide receiver talent, man. The Chiefs, they added Juju Smith-Schuster. The Rams, they added Allen Robinson. The Titans get rid of Julio. They trade for Robert Woods. They find a nice replacement there. You look at the Broncos. They have a nice group of receivers. They drafted an awful lot to make sure that they have Tim Patrick and Cortland Sutton and Jerry Judy and KJ Hamler. I wouldn't be surprised if they draft another weapon for Russ. You look at the Chargers, always investing. You look at the Raiders. They have Renfro. They have Waller. They go out and they trade for Devontae Adams. You go look at a team like the, the um, excuse me, the Buccaneers. They have Godwin and they have Mike Evans. They still go out and sign Russell Gage, who I think is going to be a really sneaky pickup for them, and I like that move. The Cowboys, they lose Amari Cooper and Cedric Wilson, immediately go and gravitate towards a James Washington, who maybe, in a change of scenery, could end up being a pretty good football player. So I think you look at all these teams, they're always adding weapons, always. And I think for the Saints, like enough is enough. You got to get new faces in there. Because if you go into next season and guys like little Jordan Humphrey and, and Trey Quan Smith, let's say he's back, fans are not going to put up with it anymore. I, I think fans will reach their breaking point with the receiver room. They've done it the last couple of years, and enough's enough. And I, this stance would be the same regardless of who the quarterback is. This is not my way of saying, oh, Jameis needs help. Your quarterback needs help. And, and I don't care who it is. I, we said during the later Drew Brees years, just load up with receivers, and whatever happens, just play the hand, man. But... You know, they just haven't done that. So double dip at wide receiver. Get me one in free agency possibly and one in the draft or two in the draft. They got to invest in that position though. Wide receivers are, they are never going to be more valuable than they are today. Maybe they'll be more valuable tomorrow. I don't know, but they continue to increase in value. And I think the Saints have to start addressing that. So we'll see what happens there. I'll kind of wrap it up on that ramp because man, getting tired of this wide receiver room. Before I go though, I do want to say that Buku Media has come up with some pretty cool 
slash subtle shirts, I would say, for the Straight Up Saints podcast. I'll start wearing them on these videos and streams um, coming very soon once I get them to me. But they're pretty neat. You guys can check them out if you guys want to just look at them or get one yourself. Obviously, you can go to bookermedia.com slash shop. It will be on the second page. There's a white shirt and a black shirt. Um, It's pretty cool. Obviously, Saints-themed. Saints color theme, that should say. It'd be a little weird if it wasn't considering it's a straight up Saints podcast. But if you guys want to check it out, you go to bookermedia.com slash shop. It's on the second page. If you want to get yourself one, you can check one out uh, as well. They're going to do a pre-sale and then they're going to ship them out. So if you guys want to support the podcast and, and, and get a shirt and also it looks pretty cool, obviously, and, and you're just repping the Saints while also repping a podcast, um, I think it's pretty cool. So check it out if you want. But that's going to do it for this particular edition of the Straight Up Saints podcast. If more news happens this week, I'll be more than happy to come on here and chat more Saints football uh, with you guys. As always, if you have any comments, leave them on YouTube. I can get back to them if you have a question for me or just hit me up on Twitter. I can get back to you there. Uh, But that's going to do it for this episode. Again, thank you so much for listening to this edition of the Straight Up Saints podcast, the destination for... You're listening to the Straight Up Saints podcast.